This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. We, uh, we were upstairs praying and praying some very unique prayers over this moment tonight. Praying that God would break in and stretch us. That God would, um, that God would confound the wise with what he does. That maybe he'd even offend our minds a little bit. That the manifestations of the spirit would really flow and stretch us. How many of you believe you don't have God all figured out? Okay, good. We're there, at least. At least we're there. That's wonderful. So, um, Jeremy Riddle and I were pulling into class last week uh, in the parking lot, and we heard this rumble coming out of the door, just wafting out of the door. It sounded like a hundred brave hearts in a, in a room. Like, literally, we opened the door from the parking lot, and all I just... And I was like, whoa. So Jeremy hit the ground in the parking lot and just started praying in tongues. I was like, yes. Couldn't wait to get in there, you know. So <laughs> we got in and I was, I, even I was jacked. I mean, that's pretty typical in, in our environment. But I, this was a little different. And uh, so we ran in and Jeremy just went crazy worshiping in the back. He wasn't even leading. And um, so Jeremy got up to preach in class and said, he, he said, I just feel like we're supposed to put all of our eggs in one basket. And that's not the deepest, most theological sounding statement we've ever had at Jesus School. And to my shock, the place erupted screaming. Like all the students jumped up and I was like, it's like, that's not fair. It's like, that, that's not fair. I've given them way better meat then put all your eggs in one basket. Like, come on. You know what I mean? I'm like, we've had some killers come through. And I'm like, man, they gave him like the meat of the word. And Jeremy gets up and says, I just feel like we're supposed to put all of our eggs in one basket. <laughs> it sounds very Bethel-esque, doesn't it? And then it just erupts in the place. And I'm like, whoa. And then David grabbed me and he's like, hey, a song just came forth. I know this sounds wild, but just sing that, sing that song real quick. Just a little bit of it. Play it. Check. Well, hold on. Why'd you sing it? Well, well, we were singing Build My Life, I Will Build My Life Upon Your Love, and it is a firm foundation. And then the, just the theme was Be My Everything, Be My Everything. And I'm like literally on the floor. And this is how you know it's the Holy Spirit, because I did not pre-contemplate anything. And I was just like... All my eggs are in your basket. All my trust is placed in you. And then it was just like this download where the Sing Lord was again. like, was awesome. All my eggs are in your basket. All my trust is placed in you. All my eggs are in your basket. All my trust is placed in you. One more time. All my eggs are in your basket. And all my trust is placed in you. Jeremy, Jeremy 
said that it erupted. We didn't know that they were singing that just before we walked in. And Jeremy took the pulpit and let Janae know you love her. Janae, it, come here. I want to say, uh, Janae's been contending for Orlando for a long yes, time. I have. How long? Turn this back on. Like 10 years. You've been believing God. Yeah. And you were thinking of moving to Reading? Yes, but the Lord, multiple the, times. The Lord told you he was going to move here. He said it was going to happen here. Come on. Come on. Pull it in. Pull it in by faith. Pull it in. Yeah. Thank you. Love you. She's amazing. She's been such a strength uh, in our school. And what an amazing heart. So, yeah. So, Jeremy, Jeremy said that. They went crazy. They were singing that just before we walked in. And at Jesus 18, how many of you guys were there? Wasn't that wonderful? Wasn't that amazing? Daniel Kalenda received the offering my night and did this whole eggs in a basket thing. Now, Daniel's like the furthest guy from an illustrated, you know, church growth, put all your eggs in a basket sermon. And he just did it. He did this whole illustrated thing on putting all your eggs in a basket. So this week, our students are reading When Heaven Invades Earth that that Bill Johnson wrote. And evidently, in the introduction, and I've read the book, evidently in the intro it says, Bill said, I placed all my eggs in one basket. (laughs) This is all happening. I don't think we need to be, you know, the the prophet Samuel to figure out that God is speaking. This is the way God talks. And God speaks in a very childlike vocabulary. And the deeper you go in the Lord, the more simple our pursuit should become and the more simple our language should become until at the last day, we, our last breath, we have one thing left to say, and that's Jesus. Until we're reduced to that. Until we're reduced to Jesus. And you can't get there without the Holy Spirit. Like Eric says, you're reduced to that. You know, the Lord is so patient with us and walks with us through ambition after ambition. Many of those that we birth, they're Ishmael's. And how many of you know Ishmael hangs out a long time? We're still dealing with Ishmael in the earth. And then the Lord gives us something that's of him, and then we add some mixture to it and ask him to bless the mixture. And slowly but surely, as we continue to spend time with the Lord, we're just constantly reduced. And the things that are good are slowly replaced by the things that are God. You know. And then you realize that, uh, can I just swing and then you guys can clean it up after? Okay. Then you realize that it's not just mixture, it's harlotry. It's prostitution. You take stuff and mix it with you. It's just... And it's so unfulfilling, even to host like events and not have that event being birthed by God, not have that event fueled by God, not have the event about God, not have the event back to God, not yield the event to God in the midst of an event. You know, there are all these different levels of surrender, and we just add some of us to it and say, God, make it an offering. And the Lord's like, no, no, no. My offering has to be pure wine. I'm not, I'm not interested in your potion. I'm not going to receive your potion. Mm. 
Jesus refused that drink mixed with gall. He did not refuse sour wine, though. One was pure, one was mixed. And I, for the life of me, I don't even understand some of the answers, some of the questions that we're trying to answer. I don't even get it. Like I went to preach at a church a while, a while back, and there was a flow chart to the minute. To the minute. And it wasn't, there wasn't like a disclaimer at the end that said, hey, don't worry, this is just a structure, and if, if God starts moving, go for it. It was, this is what we're going to do. To the minute. Oh, and by the way, we want revival. <laughs> when I can talk like this, it means I feel really comfortable with you. I, I guess we are becoming family. I don't, I'm not going to answer questions God's not asking me to answer. People are like, is this a church? What is this? I'm like, God hasn't asked me that question. I'll tell you what this is. God told me to get people together on a Sunday night to sing and worship him. And minister to his heart and love him. And if that isn't clear enough for some, I just don't feel like I have to invent some answer that God hasn't given me. I mean, I see black in here. I see white. I see olive. I see young. I see old. I see, I see hipsters. I see rednecks. I see guys with skinny jeans. I see guys who shouldn't be in skinny jeans. I see, I see all kinds of stuff in here right now. You'd be amazed by my view. I see weave. I see... I see all kinds of stuff. Look, look, but here's the deal. Look. I, <laughs> ooh, this is going to be a good night. This is going to be a good night. I see all kinds of stuff. And, 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 and here's the deal. We're not crafting anything to hook any of you specifically. The thought of that nauseates me. We're not crafting some high-end discipleship program that's really meant to get you to fill our seats. Because Jesus' method of discipleship was not come into my classroom, it was come and follow me. This is proof tonight what the presence of God can do. This is proof tonight that 12 different tribes can camp around the cloud for 40 years. What brought them together? Not a method, it was the presence of God. It's the presence. The presence of God is magnetic. Oh, man, do we need another unity conference? You can't build unity around unity. You can only build unity around the cloud. I, I, God, I'm not venting. I'm trying to poke a demon in the face tonight. I, I just hate it. I hate the whole thing because there's like, there's manipulation behind it. It's, man, I'm going to craft stuff for you. And all of a sudden, you think you died on the cross. You didn't die on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. How about we start crafting our meetings according to what he likes? What if we gathered to give him what he wants? Am I thinking too childlike or is this weird? It's not, I mean, I don't get it all. I, I honestly have had, had someone sit with me the other night and just, well, how do I balance this and that? 
How, how, how do I get God to move and still make sure the people aren't in the room too long? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're shocked? <laughs> That's like the shallow end. How do I, how do I grow my Instagram? That was a, I could tell the devil didn't like that one. How do I grow my Instagram? And how do I, how do I just make sure that my church is growing and still preach the Bible? My Lord. I mean, you can get saved now without confessing Jesus publicly. Evidently. You know, put your card in the box on the way out. You think I'm joking? I just saw it last week. What about the Bible? What about if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father? What about, what about, what about if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father and his holy angels? Are you hearing the language? This is not a light matter. This is, I will deny you before my father and his holy angels if you deny me. What if our marketing was just the power of the Holy Ghost again? Gosh, man, I feel something brewing. In I don't, we've got great coffee out there. I love it. I named the cart Shaba Java just to make people upset. It worked. I love it. We named the drinks after like the flat white is named, it's called Benny's White Suit. <laughs> we have all types of different, I'm all into, I'm not like, uh, but, but like I don't have the coffee there to, to get a visitor to become a, like a, a member. I have coffee there because I'm tired sometimes, and our students are, and I don't want them to sleep while I'm preaching. And I like coffee. But I, I'm talking this way because Jeremy came in last week into our environment and took the sword of the Levite out and stuck it into the neck of religion and political garbage. Commercialized Christianity, it's, it's, it's a hamster wheel, man. It's like you get on that thing and you get spinning. And now all of a sudden we think we think the dude with the most followers has the most anointing. I'm not mad. I promise you I'm not mad. I'm, I'm, I feel an awakening stirring. My Jesus people are emerging. Oh, I feel it deep inside of me tonight. I had, there was a guy that told a friend of mine, are you, I'll do it. He, he told a friend of mine, yeah, he's a pastor, to get on our platform, you have to be really good looking. Yeah, my buddy was like, come, come again? He's like, yeah, if you're going to lead up here on our platform, you have to be really good looking. <laughs> Like, what about being lathered in the oil of heaven? What, what about living a pure, holy life before the Lord? What about you getting up here means that you know how to pull on the heartstrings of Jesus? What about you getting up here means you let people pry your life back and look into it and lovingly speak into it? What about people who pack a punch in their heart and it comes out of their mouth and out of their hands when they go after the, Like, what... Have the qualifications shifted to 
such a low level. Where's the water table? I sat in that green room and they said, okay, now at 1027, the worship team will transition. They'll walk down the right side of the platform, at which point the transition speaker will go for 90 seconds. And I'm going, I can't, I, I don't think I can do this. Like, Michael will preach for 27 minutes and then he will leave and then we'll transition and make sure you get the song on and the lights back up. I'm like, then this feels like Epcot. (laughs) And Jeremy came in last week and he's like, no, this is pure worship right here. Pure worship is not about writing the best hit Pure worship is not about selling the most CDs. Pure worship is not even about filling stadiums. We do all that. It's wonderful. But if Jesus doesn't come to the stadium, it's just not even fun. I'd rather hang out with my kids and shoot my pelican in the backyard. If the Lord's not there, I mean, I want to go along with that river tonight. That Jeremy really broke in. That this is what it means to worship Jesus with pure, whole hearted devotion. Our calling is to worship the Lord. That is not a side issue. I don't understand how we've made worship such a side piece or a sidekick to, 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 to church life. I understand the time constraints and all that, but what if God blew up your time constraints? I mean, I... I just come from a different cloth. I just was, I don't, the the way the anointing got on me, it cost me something. It it cost me something. I had to wait in line for hours. Hours. I would drive, my mom would drive three hours to a Sunday service, three hours one way. One way. I know that breaks church growth rules. But we broke it because God was there. How many of you came in from a different state? How many of you are from a different state tonight? Stand up. Stand up. Look, look, from different states tonight. They're hungry for God. Hungry for God. This is beautiful. Welcome. See the power of God? It just starts pulling on people. My mom would drive me. I don't know what time we had to leave Tarpon Springs to get to OCC, but... It was probably 5.30 in the morning for church. And we'd drive two and a half to three hours, depending on traffic. Lord, deliver I four. From... <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> Lord, add lanes. Austin took me to look at a building the other day. I start counting the, the spots in my head. He goes, have faith. I'm like, what do you mean have faith, bro? There, there's this many spots. Are you believing God to multiply the parking spots? He's like, yep, yep, have faith. <laughs> I'm believing God to widen the I-4. You go give us some extra lanes. So <laughs> maybe it got on me, Oz. So we drive there and get in line at about 8 in the morning. The doors opened at what time for that 10 o'clock? Not nine so we we waited in line for an hour for church sunday and then we we would 
run over anybody in our way to get good seats. I'm not, I'm not asking you guys to do that here, please. And then we'd get our seats. We'd go to church. My father-in-law would preach till 2. He's convinced he never preached longer than two hours. I said, Bub, you, you need to go back and watch your own, your own meetings. You, you definitely preach longer than two hours. He'd, he, he would preach till 2. We would um, go to Shoney's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Y'all remember Shoney's? Not the best thing for your free radical intake, but that's where we went. We'd eat, get back in line at 3. Back in line at 3 for the 6 o'clock. What time did those doors open? 4.30 or something? I don't know, 5? We'd run down the aisle and stay in church till 11 at night. Then drive all the way back to Tarpon Springs, Florida. Two and a half, three hours. Getting tased in the car the whole way. Ah! Totally rocked by God. That wasn't cheap. That broke some rules. God, 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 the substance of God is not so cheap that you can just grab it and carry it without paying any price. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You say, well, I, that, my theology says it does. Well, your Bible says it doesn't, and I would also challenge you to study the greats in church history. You will find that all of them paid a price to carry what they had, every single one of them. When God came, when the Lord spoke to me in a dream to go to Reading, I went. You, you know what? Nobody paid my way. I still had a mortgage here. I had to pay for another house there that we were renting. It wasn't cheap. The one we were renting there, it wasn't even, it was like, what, 1,200 square feet? Maybe something like that? Around that? 1,200 square feet? Not in the best neighborhood? It was more than we had here. An angel did not come and write me a check. I paid for that. I traveled out of Reading, which is like traveling from Mars. But then your kids come home from school and they go, hey, Baba, I got my first word of knowledge today. It was a guy's last name or a girl's last name. And I went right up to her and gave her the name. Then you start going, oh, it's worth the price. We got to change this thing. We need people who in their hearts are like, you know what? I'm not sure I even know the price, but if God presents it to me, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Look at Chandrika and Renee. Think they're happy they didn't quit? We've got to put all our eggs in that basket. We've got to lose all our options. There, when the needs really start coming your way, you realize, I've lost my options. When people start coming to you with real needs, real sicknesses, real, real depression, real broken marriages, you realize really quickly, Oh my Lord, I need you bad. I need more than what I'm carrying right now. Would you just pray? Just pray in the Spirit a second. I want to make sure I, I hit the right chord here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Okay, yeah, I got it. Isn't the Lord wonderful? When we pray in tongues, he talks. So I remember we were in Reading about two years ago. And, you know, we would go out there for a few months and come back here. And we'd go out there to rest and receive because the Lord was speaking to us. And we were in this house. And it was Sunday night. And Sunday night football was on. You're like, oh, it's great. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was watching Sunday night football. I had my boys in each arm. I was in like basketball shorts and a tank top. And I was under the covers with the football game on, the two boys in each arm. Sophia was laying down with, with Jess in the other room. And I had my laptop on me watching Bethel TV. So I had the game, Bethel TV, and my offspring. <laughs> wonderful manly feeling. It's like, <laughs> yeah, God, football, and offspring. It just felt major testosterone boost, you know. <laughs> so I'm watching worship. It was really good. You got to understand, I'm about 15 minutes from the church at the time. And then Bill takes the platform. And he just shuts the music down and starts singing, Lord, I give you my heart, a cappella. And man, I felt a shift. I feel it right now, too. So I could tell everything shifted in that room, and then slowly my bedroom just gently shifted. Sometimes our greatest encounters come from picking up a gentle shift in a room. You're telling God, I value you. You are the burning bush that's worthy of a second look. Well, when I felt that, I said to myself, I'm going. Now, I'm in like, I'm in bed. And I'm just chilling. But then something welled up inside of me that said, I didn't come to Reading to say I hang out at Bethel or I know leaders at Bethel. I came here to have a head-on collision with the living Christ. I don't know if I'm going to get touched tonight, but I am surely not staying in this bed. I'm going to give God something to burn up. I'm going to give God something to work with. So I, do you guys remember that, you two little ones? No? You don't remember much. So I got out of bed, I put on a hoodie and a hat, pulled it down, threw on some jeans. I was walking on the door, Jess goes, where are you going? Because it was like, I don't know, it was almost eight at the time. And I booked it over there, like 15 minutes. And I walked into the sanctuary and it was jam-packed. And it has been so long in an environment I can't remember the last time I had to find a seat in a meeting. But it was good for me. So I was having to like walk. I walked in late. Bill was already preaching. I was watching the live feed on my phone on the way there. And I was like grabbing people going, can I sit next to you? They're like, no. Can I? Do you have a seat? No. 
Do you have a seat? No. If it, finally, I found one like three rows from the back. And I just sat back. I said, Lord, here I am. And Bill took the platform. Or he was on the platform. He said, you know, I'm just going to share the offensive stories tonight. The stuff that offends the religious mind. And you know what I could sense? Some of those old timers liked the sound of that. They were like, ooh. You're going to tell stories? You know, it's the ones who've been grinding for like 20 to 25 years with you that lay a foundation for a movement. And I saw some of the older, not older, seasoned looking people in the crowd and they just kind of woke up. You know the ones who wear the Hawaiian shirts and they have the white beard? Like the vineyardy, river, like Toronto-y. You know, the guys will wave the flags. The wife will they'll blow shofars at each other over breakfast. Like that crowd. They're like, ooh, we like this. You know, the ones that you don't want to minister to you. You know those because you know they're not giving up until you get smashed. You're like, I'm good. They're like, no, you're not. Papa, Daddy, God loves you. And they're just going to give it to you. Well, I saw them kind of go, oh, Bill's going to tell stories. Eric Gilmore texted me the other day. He said, bro. He left me a voicemail. He said, bro, I'm just reading the book of Mark. When Jesus looked at the disciples, he said, are your hearts so hardened? Don't you remember the miracle of the bread? In other words, Jesus connects a hardened heart to a lack of memory. If you don't have any more stories, check this. It's good for you to say, do you remember what the Lord did? So then Bill goes, how many of you have gold dust on your hands right now? And I could tell, I was like, man, just swing for the fences, Bill. Go for it. And like 150 hands went, we do. He goes, oh, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I sat there through that meeting, and I felt the power of God begin to flow. And then Bill said this. If I say this, you're going to want us to do it, but it's not going to move me. Or we're going to listen to the Lord tonight. He said, I feel like we're supposed to do an old-fashioned fire tunnel. You know, I have not read one church growth book that says do fire tunnels. (laughs) I haven't read one that says you should have flags. I haven't read one that says you need to have intercessors behind your worship team. (laughs) They pray for you on the way into the sanctuary out there. There's a lady named Deborah out there. She's the first person I remember. 2011. Open Heavens Conference. About 900 people in the room. She was standing at the door, laughing uncontrollably, laying hands on everyone. Visitors! You know the, the visitors that you don't let them get touched. Just keep it normal for the visitors. God forbid a visitor gets healed. They'll never come back if they get out of that wheelchair. Why would they come? Why would you want them to get healed if you can get them a, give them a nice packet that they could fill out? Lord, help us. Lord, help us. My God in heaven. So, so she, I'm like, they lay hands on you on the way in? 
And people were getting rocked on the way in. And I'm like, I can't even get in. And she was laughing uncontrollably. And she went to come near me. I went, no, 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 no. And I just kept going. No. I was religious back then. It was 2011. So Bill's like, yeah, let's, let's do a, let's, you know, let's, real calm, let's do a fire tunnel. And I'm thinking, I wonder if Bill will be part of it. And uh, sure enough, he got right on in the middle. And I was in the back. And I thought, oh, I don't want to wait another hour and a half. I already drove over here. The Lord said, go through the fire tunnel. <laughs> so I waited. And I came down that front, that center aisle there. Had my hat on down. And Bill was just standing right here really calmly. And I, I didn't want anyone to recognize me. You know? So I had my head, hat down. And Bill looked up. He goes, hey! <laughs> what are you doing here? I was like, I was in bed. And I felt the glory of God. I'm hungry, Bill. Lay hands on me. <laughs> Power of God went through me. And then these wild BSSMers were like, give it more, give it more. I'm like, I don't need any more. I don't need any more. I'm good. More! You know, they're like, give him so much he thinks he's going to die. That's what, so I'm going, ah, on the way out. <laughs> then the gray beards were at the end. This one guy was like, whoa, whoa. He's sticking his finger in on my shoulder. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, this guy needs to read his Bible. What do you mean? Well, he's just like, Psh, making sounds. I feel like Jesus is killing religion around here right now. That's what I feel like he's doing. That's what I feel like he's doing. And I just kind of walked in slow motion back to my car. And it was gone. You know, you drive like 10 miles an hour. Like, all the way back to me. I said, Lord. I, I feel like we need to ask ourselves why we do what we do. Like... I heard Candace, who's, I have no idea why I'm talking about this Reading thing so much, but man, the Lord's doing something. So Candace Johnson, who's Eric's wife, Bill's daughter-in-law, they lead the church. I was listening to Candace one day preach, and she got up and she said, you know what would break my heart? If you came out here and learned Bethel culture and didn't fall in love with Jesus. I thought, whoa, I like that girl. But we have to ask ourselves, why, why do we do what we do? Why do we go to church? Why do we go to school? Why do we watch videos? Why do we follow people on social media? Why do we have social media? What, why do we do it? Why did you come tonight? Some of you here came to get rocked. Some of you here came because you realized, I need the same power that Jesus carried. Certainly if he didn't 
minister based on his resume? Well, I can't do that either. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need God to touch me. And you know what the devil does? He, rem- he tries to steal your hunger with false theology. He tries to use a Bible verse to get you to not be hungry. Like this. You don't have to go there. You can do it right here. You know who says that the most often? Leaders. That's what the Shulamite felt when she said, I went out the city looking for my beloved and the watchman wounded me. You ever seen a person in love try to find somebody? Find someone lost? She's looking everywhere. Where's Jesus? I want him. Where's Jesus? I want him. Where's my beloved? I'll go anywhere to find him. And then somebody in leadership goes, you don't need to be so extreme. You can have that right here. But a simple childlike heart goes, but that's not happening right here. It's happening over there. And I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get there. If God's moving there, I'm going there. It's called childlikeness. It's called hunger. (laughs) You think Smith Wigglesworth was glad that he went to the coast of the UK, to Sunderland, to get with God? You think Benny Hinn was glad he drove six hours in a snowstorm to go hear a woman named Catherine Kuhlman? Or should he have just camped out right where he was? Don't buy it. Don't buy it for a second. We need leaders who are led. Man, you know who I get behind? Who, I, who, who I'm going to follow? Hungry men and women. Hungry men and women. I'll never forget preaching my first really like bigger conference with Jack Hayford, Marilyn Hickey, Bill Johnson, Tommy Reed. And I, and, and I was, this was what, what was this, like nine, eight, nine years ago? A long time ago in Buffalo, New York. And I thought, oh my God, I have Jack Hayford, Marilyn Hickey, and Bill Johnson there. If I don't get every chapter and verse right, I'm, they're going to just stare at me like I don't even belong. Man, they, they could almost be in the Bible. So uh, I was eating right before my session. And I stepped out of the green room and I was standing at the, the door and Bill was in there with his driver. Because, you know, most of the time in events, guys aren't sitting in in the other guy's conference. You know, God forbid you look like you're supporting someone. That might make you look like you're not better than them. We have a culture in our events. You, you, we sit through each other's stuff. We cheer you on. We prefer each other as being better than we are. That way, when they do get promoted, you're not shocked by their promotion because you actually prayed that they'd be better. Yeah. This thing's got to get flipped around. It's going to take some honoring loudmouths like you to do it. Like Jeremy did. Nope. Worship's not about money. Worship's about the wounded heart of Jesus. 
So the driver tells Bill, because they knew I was next. The driver goes, hey, Pastor Bill, you, you know, basically like this. You want me to take you back to the room? Because, I mean, Michael's next, like a two o'clock session. You're probably tired. And he's a young buck. That's basically like what's being transmitted. Like, if you're going to sleep during any session, you should... You've got to earn your keep with these people, by the way. <laughs> and Bill doesn't know I'm listening. And clear as day, Bill looked at him very respectfully. He goes, oh, no, I want to hear him. I thought, really? He goes, and the guy goes, <laughs> I'll never forget it. The guy goes, are you sure? <laughs> like, let me say it again. Do you want to go rest? Are you sure? He goes, oh, I'm sure I'm in this. Like, I'm here. I'm in it. And Bill sat there on the front row. And I'll never forget what I said. I said, it's amazing to think that we can impact the feelings of God. And the whole crowd was like, what a dumb statement. So I said to the crowd, I don't know about you, but I think it's amazing that we can impact the feelings of God. And Bill goes, so do I. (laughs) And he meant it. Something shot through me. Something shot through me. Do you know why Bill sat there? He's hungry. He's hungry. And the 30-year-old package that the bread was flowing from had nothing to do with it. He wanted Jesus. He wanted Jesus. God's not going to use the super gifted, qualified. That's not what he's looking for. The Bible says man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. God knows right now in this room whose heart is screaming, I want more. I want more. God knows whose heart is screaming, I think the stripes of Jesus are valuable enough to cry out for more healing power so that all of the sick can be healed. It's not even about them. They realized the stripes were expensive. So a heart goes, use me. Use me to deliver the check. Use me to make the withdrawal on the account you filled with heavenly riches through the blood of the Lamb. That's the stuff I'm talking about. So you got to break out of this thing. This thing's not normal. Help me, help me, help me. This thing's not normal. It's not normal. It's not laid back. It's not super chill all the time. There are seasons of receiving stuff that way. But I'll tell you what's happening right now. The violent are taking the kingdom by force. It's happening right now. And boldness is like being released. The most un- un- unqualified people. Who in, who, in the, who in their right mind would try to go fill Camping World Stadium to believe God for the greatest outpouring of the Spirit we've ever seen in America? Man, what are we going after here? This... This is God. This is God moving. We've got to, we've got to seize the moment. That's what Leonard Ravenhill says. The, the, lifetime, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity. We don't know if the Lord's going to move like this again. You're here tonight because the Lord drew you. The Lord drew you. You didn't know who was preaching. You didn't know who was leading. You don't know who's leading next week. And you don't know who's preaching next week. And guess what? You never will. We will not do it. And we don't have a 20-year plan. 
And we don't have like this amazing, you know what our our 20-year plan is? Jesus, we look up at you and come hell or high water, regardless of the thoughts that come our way. We go like this, no, 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 no. We're going right there every single time, right there, right there. Every song we sing is going right there. Oh, what about your rent? Not tonight. I'm not thinking about that. What about what that person said? You, 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 are you, have you been, do, do people not understand you? Is there a mess? I don't care. I'm not thinking about that right now. Look what so-and-so said. I don't care. I'm not thinking about that right now. They're just going like this the whole time. I'll never forget the Holy Spirit said, if you want to slay dragons, stop, stop swatting flies. They don't even have time. They're going, no, right there. The, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the lamb. He paid a dear price. He shed his blood. That's right where I'm going tonight. What if so-and-so leaves? What if you go too long? I don't care. I'm going right there. Bang. Every single time. I want God to know. I want God to know that if he comes in a room, he gets ministered to. Because you prove that to him time and time again, God starts coming time and time, time and time again. I want his manifest, visible, tangible glory here over this building. That's what I'm believing for. Manifest, visible, tangible glory. If Moses had it under a lesser covenant, come on, let's get in the game. I want God's manifest presence. I'm believing for people to wheel through a cloud of glory in wheelchairs and jump on out of them. I'm believing this. I'm believing that the lost get born again, just like little Jamin did, just from being in the presence of God. I didn't hand him a track. I think it's a prophetic picture. I didn't hand him a track. We didn't seduce him. We didn't show him a Sunday school water painting finger i don't know jonah's art whatever jonah and the whale none of it was just like whoa i feel god here jonah's ark you know i'm whacked tonight we need jesus that's what i'm believing for you're like you're crazy moses had it elijah had it jesus had it paul said Man, don't bother me with that stuff anymore. Don't you understand I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus? I've got a different goal. i got a different goal. I feel his pain in my body. Boys, you go, you go worry about who's the most famous and who has the best budget. No, no, i got a different goal. I want God to take up residence in my skin. Oh, this is a higher plateau. This is a higher plateau. You go argue about that and that. No, no, you know what I want? I want God to come live in my eyes. I want my eyes to flicker. I want a holy wildness like, like Lou or Heidi. I want, I want that. I want like that, that, that little thing that freaks you out when they look at you. That's what I want. I'll never forget the first time Todd told me he loved me. I thought he was crazy. But when I looked into his eyes, I believed him. And these are, this, is, this is Paul's goal, that I might know him. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Well, who cares about this stuff then? The Bible says, lay it all aside. Lay aside the weights that so easily ensnare us, the sins that, and the weights that hold us down. Man, there's so much more. How about your nights just light up like they were day? How about angels make their bedroom, make your bedroom their house? How about your dream life actually becomes a place where God can speak to you, angels can minister to you? What if people called you every time there was a sickness and an impossible, this impossibility, and you, they knew, they knew if you came their way, there was a good chance there would be a breakthrough. We gotta up the game. Gotta up the game. Gotta up the standard. This thing is not about how many campuses we have, how how many how many people are in the room. It, it, this thing is about whether or not Jesus is in the room. That's all that matters. 
Is he in the room? If he's in the room, then it's a good meeting. If he's not in the room, it's not a Christian meeting. It can't be without Christ. It requires him. God's raising up a people who know, you know what I'm facing? It's really rough, Lord, but I know how to get you right in here. I know how. I know, I know. I know like Mary of Bethany, while Martha wanted to talk theology, you asked for Mary because you knew she'd go into your heart. Uh-huh. That's right. He's raising up people who, who in any circumstance and go, wait, this thing doesn't make sense. But I know how to get him to get it. come right on in here. I know what he likes because the Bible tells me what he likes. A broken and contrite spirit he will never despise. He will never despise. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts (laughs) with praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. He comes to live in them. You say, how does he do that? I have no clue. I just know he can make praise a house. Every time. Not some of the time. Every time. Every single time. You're thankful and you lift the praise. God says, that's my house. More, Lord. Thanks, 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 thanks. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.